0: Welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast for brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. My name's Richard Byram and joining me on the line again as usual this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter, as you'll know by now, is the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League writer and he also contributes articles to our sister paper, the Yorkshire Post. It's been another big week for Rugby League, particularly off the field, and starting with the bombshell news that Toronto Wolfpack won't be allowed to rejoin Super League next season, Peter?
1: Yeah, I've done a piece about that in today's um, Evening Post, which is online now, and I, I think it's a very sad decision for um, for everybody involved, really, particularly, obviously, for the players and staff at Toronto, who haven't been paid for a long time and now probably won't get paid, um, for the fans of Toronto, who it looks like have lost their club, I mean, I suppose... Uh, there that, that could be a revival of Toronto in the low divisions next year, but at the moment, that doesn't seem to be um, very likely. And it's also sad for the sport because it's yet another setback in Rugby League's attempt to expand itself out of its traditional heartlands. There was a lot of hope invested in Toronto and for a number of reasons, it's, it's all gone belly up. I think the club have to take... Um, their share of the blame, it's unacceptable for players not to be paid midway through a season. That's just thats just wrong. I think everybody would agree with that. Yeah. Um, obviously, there have been exceptional circumstances and the Wolfpack haven't been able to access the sort of support that clubs in this country have. For example, the £16 million government loan. But even so, um, the club should have should have paid its players Um, and having not done so obviously puts it on very thin ice that said there was a a prospective takeover which the Super League clubs weren't happy with but it looks like a parochial decision I think to a lot of people inside the sport and outside the sports Um, the RFL voted in favour of Toronto continuing in in Super League next year, as did Leeds, St Helens and Catalans. The rest of the clubs, bar one who who abstained, I think that was Warrington, voted against, and Super League also voted against. I think it's strange that the RFL have exactly the same number of votes, i.e. one, as a club in Super League. I just don't see how that can... That can be a fair system or a system that works really at the moment the clubs are, are governing themselves and clearly they're going to put self-interest um, ahead of of anything else um the interesting thing is the decision to go to 12 clubs in super league next year which is probably a bit of a surprise that said the 12th club won't get the full allocation of um of money from the central handout and You've got to wonder, well, what's the point of, of having a, a club come up if they're going to be playing with that handicap right from the start? If they get half the amount of money, they're going to sign players that are half as good as the teams in Super League and they're going to struggle. It's, it leaves them up against it right from the the very start. There's also the question of how teams or the team that comes up is going to be chosen and um, the criteria haven't been announced yet? I mean, I suppose a cynic might say, "Well, they'll uh, find a club that fit the they'll find criteria to fit the club that they want to bring up." But I, I don't know whether Super League have a preference for which club they'd like to um, to promote. There's certainly plenty showing an interest: um, York, Featherstone, Toulouse, London, Lee, um, Halifax, Bradford, all potential candidates. I, I just don't know how. When the competition in the championship has been suspended since um, since March, I don't know how they're going to choose who comes up. Really, obviously, every club is struggling financially because of the pandemic. Um, it's it's going to be a very tricky decision, and it's going to cause more argument and um, and unrest. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult, worrying time really, and I think there's going to be more wrangling to come um, further down the, the track before Super League is constituted for next season.
0: Yes, you make some good points there, Peter. I read your article, obviously, in the paper and you know, it's very strong. I know you've always been a keen supporter of expanding the sport into new areas um, to try and lay down roots, not just for this year or that next year, but for the longer term. And We've seen the game has spread slowly but surely across England, but never really uh, taken a real foothold. They managed to keep a club going in London, obviously, and there's a couple going in France now, and there's a lot of people playing the amateur game. Uh, but fr- from my point of view, I wasn't particularly in favour of the Toronto experiment to start with, but having seen it, you know, take shape, and you know, particularly the number of people who actually turned out to support it over there. You know they were getting good crowds, which were probably better than a lot of League One and League Two football clubs. And how they were getting those crowds, you know, is up to them. Whether some were getting in on tickets or on uh, corporates or whatever, doesn't really matter. People were actually were going along and seeing what was on offer, and from there and from what I've seen on Twitter, they obviously had a, a good hard following. And I thought that they might have been given one more year, even if only to. <laughs> in this cynical world, perhaps clear off some of the obligations of the previous club in terms of playing the players, which as you say Mm -hmm. is disgusting uh, for the personnel on and off the pitch, that they've gone without money for so long and as you say, seems highly unlikely now they'll get anything at all, whether that's Brian McDermott and his coaching staff or the guys who've given up a lot to play on the field as well. I'd imagine there's quite a lot of sacrifice in the season playing for Toronto and Having to be away from your family based over there for a while and then coming back to the UK and so on. And certainly the fans, too, who'd gone over there would be made to feel very welcome and seem to enjoy the experience too. But as you say, as as we've so often said on this show, you know, what goes on in the smoky rooms of rugby league boardrooms is nobody's business. And once again, it looks like another carve-up to preserve the status quo. Um, I'm pleased at least that they've said that they're going to have a 12th team in the competition next season, I think we've spoken about that a few times on here and I think I've I've said personally a few times I couldn't see the uh, TV company and Super League in general having a week where clubs like Leeds and St Helens Wigan, Warrington, the big guns being sat having a bye uh, while other teams uh, were playing, so it looks like they're going to balance it up, even though it doesn't sound like it'd be a particularly fair playing field for the team that gets the nod. Uh, And from that, as well, as you say, you can just see another season or two of wrangling with people saying that, you know, Featherstone, for example, shouldn't have gone up because they didn't do X, Y, and Z, and we should have given it to someone like York who've never been in, or, you know, others will be saying, why have we let Bradford back in again after all their problems? So, you know, it just seems to be a time when, as you say rightly, with the pandemic, and no sign of you know going back into lockdown today, Thursday as we're speaking, no sign of any crowds or additional revenue being generated in in the short to medium term at all for clubs. It's very hard to to see a positive way forward just at the moment. Uh, it is,
1: yeah. The the and it's this criteria are going to be really interesting because they have to come up with criteria
0: you would think that all 11 current clubs meet yes um, yeah so you know, how are they going to manage that um <laughs> you know that
1: there are clubs who have voted against um toronto who've had their own financial problems and other problems over recent seasons um not everybody is, is on a secure footing at the moment particularly with the, the pandemic even the big clubs are struggling um it, it's just it is going to be so difficult to um to find a, a club that can that can come up and, and meet all expectations really particularly with the handicap of getting less um less central funding so it's i mean un- unless they decide at some point to say well, We've we've invited applications, we've considered them and none of them are up to the mark and we'll go with eleven. I suppose that might still be an option. But um I think they're gonna they're gonna find it difficult to um to attract or to to find a twelfth club who meet all the um, the relevant guidelines and I don't know what they're looking for. Are they looking for an an established club to bring them back, a big city city club? I mean you could make the case for Bradford. In in that instance, are they looking to expand the game? In which case, you'd have to talk about Toulouse or or London. If you, if you talk about performance, then obviously, Feltham reached the grand final last year and and um, were unbeaten when Super League, sorry, when the championship was suspended. Um, if you're talking about facilities, well, York, if they ever actually get in the stadium, it, it should have been open months ago, and it's it's not ready yet. But York are going to have. An outstanding stadium next season, which I understand is where Toronto plan to play their matches. Had they been, um, had they been allowed in, right. so there are lots of there are lots of clubs who can and offer valid reasons why they should get the um, why they should get the gig. But whether any of them can meet all of a certain set of criteria remains to be um, remains to be seen. And, and and as I say, what is going to happen if? They come up with criteria that clubs in the current competition can't um, can't meet. We know some clubs don't have um, don't have the financial security they should have. Or, or um, I'm trying to be a little bit diplomatic here, but yes. there are some clubs that um, that that might struggle to meet whatever criteria they come up with. So it's it's going to be a very tricky process, and I think Super League just create more problems for themselves, really.
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, as you say, there's certain clubs, or probably all of them, in fact, if they looked in the mirror, the mirror would probably crack um, when it comes to uh, laying down the law to newcomers because, as you say, some haven't got um, grounds that are up to scratch. Others have got decent grounds, but maybe their finances aren't in order. Others have got a good team on the pitch, but not much going off the pitch. Others have got a poor team on the pitch. And, as you say, for them to sit in judgment on others... um, you know, again, it just seems to be creating more problems because whichever team you pick, you would be able to find many reasons why that team shouldn't have been picked. But also then, as you say, looking at Super League itself, uh, saying, well, there are no better or worse than X, Y and Z who are already in the comp. And uh, you may, it, as I said, I feel it's just largely being done to, to balance things up so that there isn't Uh, this team having a bag each week but, but at the same time if that 12th team is just going to be another Toronto or another as we've seen in the past a lot of the promoted teams don't get the pick of the best players for financial reasons and because they don't know until very late on whether indeed they're the ones that are going to be promoted so they're already sort of behind the eight ball as it were when they come up and I think you know, that made London's efforts the other year all the more admirable because they were very competitive and you know took it right down to the wire, even though most of us expected that they would lose the vast majority of their games and you know be relegated almost by Easter, as it were. Um, mm. So it'd be interesting to see who they do pick, you know, and and as you say, there's the option there maybe for a, another French club to expand there or go back and let london have another chance at building again and becoming established again in super league but uh, you know you say just see it being another round of arguments and legal action and falling out and it, it just, again not becoming for the sport as a whole you know uh, you know we're talking about trying to attract new money new faces new business new tv contracts into the game and uh, and as you say the outside perception really would be, well, it's a northern sport and it's a bit of a closed shop and, uh, you know, I'd look to put my money somewhere else, uh, which is sad because, you know, as we've seen even during this pandemic, you know, despite all the problems thrown at the teams, the, the players themselves, you know, really have put their bodies on the line to to save their jobs and save the clubs and save the sport and I don't think it's too dramatic to say that and, and you know, I know some of the standards haven't been as good, but they couldn't possibly be when teams are playing two and three times a week. But we've seen some good young players being given a chance. And, you know, unfortunately, apart from Toronto, as we said many times in the spring, the aim was trying to get to this time of the year with the competition still intact. Uh, and 11 of those 12 clubs are still with us, you know, as we speak. And mm. just, just going on from that, Peter, you know, uh, at the same time, the clubs decided that they would end the season for certain clubs partly due to COVID and partly due to the dead rubbers that you outlined last week. Um but you know, new yet another new playoff system for the end of the season. Can you maybe talk us yeah. through that a bit, please?
1: I think it I think it's main it was mainly because of of COVID, as I understand it, the recommendation was that the regular season continued to a, a finish as as planned with um, a couple more rounds and um, then top four playoffs. But then Hawkeye announced that they'd had some positive COVID tests and they wouldn't be able to finish the season. And there's been a major outbreak of of coronavirus at Castleford who've now had 20 positive tests, most of them players, um, also some coaching staff. So, they weren't, weren't going to be able to play again this year either. And, and just logistically, it's, um, I think it made it impossible really for, for the season to continue. So after Friday night, when Wakefield plays Salford and Wigan play Huddersfield, there will be no more regular season matches. So teams will finish... Um, the season where they are on the table after after this weekend. And I don't think there's going to be any, any movement. Wigan could possibly clinch the league leader's shield this weekend if they beat Huddersfield on, um, on Friday. But other than that, there's not going to be, be any movement. Um, the playoffs have been expanded to the top six teams. So what will happen is the first weekend of the playoffs, the team finishing third, which is Warrington, will fe- play the team finishing sixth, which is Hull. And four will play five, which is Catalan against Leeds. Then the following week, following week, the top two, Saints and Wigan, in whatever order, will come in. Um, the league leaders will play the lowest placed winner from um, from round one, and the team second will play the highest placed losers from um, sorry winners from round one. That'll leave four teams left for um, for knockout. Semi-finals through to the uh, obviously through to the grand final at Hull at the end of this month. Uh, I think it's um, I think it's a a a sensible outcome, really. It it was going to be impossible to be fair to absolutely everybody, Um, but obviously with Hull KR not being able to play anymore having their problems something had to be done it looked like Catalans who've only played 13 games would have missed out on qualifying for the playoffs they're fourth at the moment but the qualification mark was 15 games and and they're going to struggle to get to that or they were going to struggle to get to that because they were due to play Hockey which obviously wasn't going to happen Um, they were due to play St Helens this week and there was a lot of doubt over St Helens would travel, so they might well have missed out. Um, it's a reprieve, obviously, for 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 them and for Leeds, who will finish fifth, and for um and for all. But I think it'll make for for better, more entertaining games. It cuts down on some of the fixture congestion. The top two will be rewarded with a a week off and home advantage in the semi-finals, and I, th- I think they've come up with the fairest possible solution really and hopefully we'll we'll have some good intense rugby in the um, in the playoffs so in the I think probably one of the best games we've seen this season was last week when Wigan played played Saints and that was something a game with something at stake uh, with the winner obviously being favorites to finish top of the table and that's the sort of games you want at this stage of the season hopefully we're going to see that I mean the some of the fixtures already look enticing, Warrington against Hull. You'd fancy Warrington, but Hall are capable of beating anybody on the day. And Leeds, Leeds versus Castleford, uh, sorry Leeds versus Catalan, could be a, an absolute cracker. I don't know which way that would um, that would go. So I, I think it's going to be a good playoffs series, and I think the solution they've reached is the fairest one. I feel a little bit for Wakefield because they've played more games in the regular season than anyone else. Tomorrow we will. Take them to nineteen. Um, the only game they won't have fulfilled will be the Castleford fixture, which should have been next week. I um, think that's a fantastic effort from um, from everybody at Trinity. Um, it's obviously tough for for teams like Castleford and Hulk KR, whose season has, has suddenly come to a halt because of coronavirus. But they had nothing really at stake, and it just seems a sensible option. They they wouldn't. Have been able to raise full-strength teams for matches later down the uh, later down the track, so I think the right decision has been taken.
0: Yes, I agree, Peter. I think, uh, as you say, last weekend the talk was that things should be left alone. And Gareth Ellis in the Yorkshire Post said in his column that the fairest way to settle it would be for the top four, as was originally planned, to to play off uh, for the places in the grand final, but. As with many other things this season, as you've rightly pointed out, COVID took over and um, I think this is probably the fairest solution. You you know, the top six strongest teams of the competition uh, will be playing each other at some stage. Um, And I think that that's fair enough. Uh, Leeds from fifth, that fabled place where Leeds have often finished and gone on to reach the final and indeed win it, So you'd never write Leeds off in a knockout situation. And as you say, Hull themselves, it'd be typical of them to beat Warrington uh, after the up and down season they've had. Uh, The winner probably still come from, I think, Wigan or Saints. They they seem to have been the strongest teams this season. Again, seem to have the depth in the squad to be able to cope with the injuries and any other issues. Uh, But I think it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. And as we said about the Challenge Cup final, at least it brings the competition to a finality. It maintains its integrity and regardless of how the team who wins it, win it, um, you know, it will, it will be something for the, the sport as a whole to celebrate at the end of a, a terrible season for, for no fault of the sport. And although people can't be there, you should uh, guarantee a good TV audience and plenty of interest uh, to see who do finish as champions. Uh, from yeah. my point of view, as as you say, it's a bit disappointing for Wakey because they've just run into a bit of form and uh, you know, you'd know you fancy them against Salford on Friday night. I was hoping that they might get to play Cass purely because finally getting into a bit of form, Cass are always seems to be Wakey's bogey team and whether we've <laughs> a full-strength team or not, we never seem to get near Cass, but just in the last couple of weeks, uh, we've seen how Cass have faded a bit with all the issues they've had and Wakey have come strong so from a personal point of view that would have been a nice way to finish the season with a Cass-Wakey derby but for obvious reasons that's not to be and you know hopefully those teams who aren't playing any more after tomorrow can uh, you know regroup and get the players fit and get back to some kind of normality and readiness for the new season
1: yeah i think all, all the players and the coaches have, have certainly earned their earned their break i don't think it's going to be a very long no off. um chris chester Wakefield's talking about being back in in the middle of december for for pre-season i think probably looking at march for super league to restart but right. yeah it's been a tough time and I, I think everybody will be relieved when the final to goes on the grand final in, in a couple of weeks time I, it is important that the season reaches a, a proper conclusion as, as you say I think we need to get it finished with a grand final and, and champions and the whole sport can probably feel they've done very well um, when that happens let's just hope that we don't have any more Covid, um, COVID upset over the next few weeks it would be a real shame if, if there was an outbreak at a club in the week before the grand final or something like that yeah. you, you just hope that we can we can get to a a conclusion and get the season done and dusted and over with, and start preparing for next year, which is obviously going to be another difficult year, but it's a huge one for the sport with the World Cup at the end of it. We hope. Yes. Um, there's going to be a lot of anticipation for that, and let's let's just hope that that by early next season, really, we can have the fans back because the game's nothing without. The supporters, as I say, that the clubs have done very well to, to get as far as they have, but everybody that's been involved with behind closed doors matches will tell you it's just not, it's just not the same. Um, and we need fans back for a multi, multitude of reasons better atmosphere, um, and particularly some finance for the clubs because the clubs are struggling. Um, there's a difficult road ahead. Obviously, the news about furlough being ascended will help them, um, as it will many businesses. But um, everybody just wants to get some normality back. I think it'll be good when this season's over and we can look forward to hopefully a better 2021.
0: Yes, I'd certainly echo that, Peter. Um, you know, as, as we've said many times, everybody involved in the game has done really well to get us to this stage. And Let's hope that the playoffs fit and the grand final are a fitting end to what's been a difficult season for everybody and maybe next year as the season's restarting, uh, perhaps be in a position to get a few people back into grounds again and, and maybe get some normality back into all of our lives. Yeah, let's hope so. And just finally tonight, Peter, just a, a little bit of off-the-field news as well. Danny Maguire, uh, the Leeds Rhinos legend, uh, joining the staff at Hull KR. Uh, I think that'd be a good move for Danny, learning under Tony Smith.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Obviously, sort of coming full circle in, in a way. He, he wasn't given his Super League debut by uh, by Tony Smith, but he played under Tony at Leeds in 2004 when he won his first Super League title. He's a he's a really good guy, he's Danny Maguire. Um, been a, a great player, one of Super League's all-time great and I think it'd be fantastic for the young kids at Hull Care, and they do have some talented young players coming through there. It'll be great for them to have him working alongside them. And it's good to have another young English coach in the game. So I wish him um, I wish him all the best. I know he's done some work with with some half backs um in the past. And I, I know he's passed on some tips to the the young kid, um Colin McClelland at Leeds, for example, they share an agent and, and and I know they've um, they've done a little bit of work together, and I think it'd be great for for Hull Care and all the very best to it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, as you say, I think that's probably going to be the way forward for teams like Hull Care more than ever now is to uh, bring your own players through and say another boost for the English game. In that, you know, hopefully Danny will go on from there if if he's successful, uh, remain in our game. You know, coaching another side maybe, and of course. Brian McDermott, uh, Leeds' all-time most successful coach, uh, worked under Tony for a while as well, didn't he? So there's that connection there too, you know, and obviously Tony's seen and done it all, so you can't think of many people better to learn from. And, say, I don't know Danny personally, but he always comes across as a really good guy and, of course, he was an absolutely superb player to watch, uh, you know, so I hope it it works out well for himself and for Hulk Hire. Yeah. And on that note, Peter, I think we'll uh, call it a draw for this week. Uh, next week, obviously, we can build up to the playoff games that are coming uh, up. Um, but for now, I think all it needs for me to say, it, as usual, is you can get the very latest rugby league and COVID news from our website, which is the Yorkshire Evening post.co.uk and the latest rugby league news from Peter at, at Peter Smith, YEP, his Twitter handle at YEP Sports Desk or my own at Richard Byron YEP all that's left really for me to say is thanks again to everyone for listening and uh, thanks for Peter for his comments and insight we'll hopefully catch up again soon